God. Amen. I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles. Remain standing with me if you can. And we're going to get into the message. Is that all right? How many feel ready? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's great to see all of the familiar faces in the house today. And some of you probably don't know, or maybe met a few times possibly. But uh, as Pastor Stevan mentioned, we are spending a lot of years here, actually seven, to be around uh, the right timing, seven years here in Hayward. And it was a privilege for us to be able to come and just serve and help. Amen? I always believe that we can't lose our servant's heart. We're never too small to do the big things. We're never too big to do the little things. Amen? And it's a privilege to serve the Lord. How many can say amen? And it was a great, great honor to be able to come to Hayward when we did in 2002 and uh, be able to serve uh, while we were here, not only with Pastor Steve for the first year, but the, the remaining six years with Pastor Josie, amen, Stevan's mom. And uh, it was a great honor. And, and man, we had some fun, amen, those of you that were with us. And Emmanuel was a part of that too as well before he went out. And uh, it's good to see Pastor Emmanuel and his wife Yolanda and just all of you, amen, his family here today, and uh, I pray that we all get ministered to here this afternoon, amen? amen. Praise God. Matt, Mark chapter 1, actually, Mark chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse number 1, Mark, one, Mark 11, I'm sorry, Mark 11, verse 1, all these ones in my notes, Mark 11, verse 1. When you have it, say Palm Sunday. The Bible says in Mark 11, verse 1, when they came near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead of him. He said to them, go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there. No one has ever sat on it, untie it, and bring it. If anyone asks you what you're doing, what you are doing, say that the Lord needs it. That person will send it here at once. The disciples found the young donkey in the street. It was tied to the door of a house. As they were untying, as they were untying it, some men standing there asked him, Why are you untying that donkey? The disciples answered them as Jesus had told them. So the men let them go. They brought the donkey to Jesus, put their coats on it, and sat on it. And he sat on it. Many spread their coats on the road. Others cut leafy branches in the fields and spread them on the road. Those who went ahead of those who followed him were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed are our ancestor David's kingdoms coming. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Father, this afternoon I pray one more time, God, that you would just continue to fill this place with your presence. That you would help me to communicate the message you've placed upon my heart. And that everyone in the heart of the bay here at Victory Outreach would be encouraged, would be strengthened and lifted up, God. We honor you here today on this Palm Sunday. We ask you to have your way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen. High five your neighbor right before you're seated and tell them lessons from Palm Sunday. Lessons from Palm Sunday. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good to see my good friend, Brother Paul Torres. Amen. Looking clean as a white fish. Praise God. Pastor Stevan talked about, you know, Brad Pitts and all these guys looking good. And my wife was like, well, what about Benjamin, Brad? I'm like, wow, honey, really? I had, I had to remind her, hello, somebody. Benjamin ain't got nothing on me, amen. And he ain't from my part of the mission district. Come on, somebody. Upper mission, to be technical. But he had the money to do the movie, so God bless him. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's good to be saved. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Lessons from the heart. I mean, excuse from the heart. I was going to say heart of the bay. Lessons from Palm Sunday is the title today of today's sermon. In ancient times, palm branches symbolized goodness and victory. They went. They were often depicted on coins and, in, and on important buildings. Solomon had palm branches carved into the walls and the doors of the temple in 1 Kings 6.29. And did you know at the end of the Bible, people from every nation raised palm branches to honor Jesus? In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. It says, after these things, I saw a large crowd from every nation, tribe, people, and language. No one was able to count how many people were there. They were standing in front of the throne and the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands and crying out in loud voices, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, miracles, signs, and wonders was not enough to keep them from praising him. When it came time for suffering, pain, and death, they put down their palms and stopped praising him. We know in this passage of scripture, known as the the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jesus was being praised and he was worthy to be praised. He did miracles, signs and wonders. He did great things in the presence of many, multitudes of people. In front of his disciples, in front of his leadership team, Jesus would do great wonders. And they praised him rightfully so as he began to enter in Jerusalem. But for some, after a while, it wasn't enough. They began to put down their palms, if you will, and stop praising him. It's important that I mention this part because I want to move on to a different point of view on this passage. But the question here this afternoon in the heart is, is Jesus Lord only in the good times? Or is he Lord all of the time, even in time of suffering. 
What does it take to cause us to put down our palms? Trials, sickness, relational conflict, mistakes, correction. Hello, somebody. Sometimes people don't like to be corrected. Not in the heart, only in Antioch. Come on, somebody. Well, what does it take to cause you or me from praising God? Hosanna in the highest. Is it a trial? Is it sickness? Is it affliction? Is it some type of relational conflict? Many times different things can cause and try to take our praise from God. You see, Jesus Christ was on his way to Jerusalem knowing full well that this trip would end in his sacrificial death for the sins of humanity. He knew that they were praising and worshiping him and throwing their jackets and throwing branches of palms, perhaps. And they were beginning to say, Hosanna in the high. He knew that although it would seem triumphal to them, that they would in the same voice turn around and begin to crucify him. But even though he knew the suffering that awaited him, even though he knew the death that awaited him, he knew why. Turn to your neighbor and say, he had you on his mind. See, he knew that through his suffering and through his pain that he would have to die for the sins of humanity. Jesus knew and understood the purpose and the reason for his suffering. The purpose and the reason for his suffering and pain and even death. He knew that God the Father, listen to me, would work all things together for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Jesus already knew. I'm going to go through it. They're praising me now, but they'll put down the branches later. Hey. Huh? But he says it's okay because God works all things together for the good. It's okay because I have a purpose. Turn your neighbor and say there's a purpose in your suffering. You see goodness and victory hear it now is symbolic of the palm branches. Goodness and victory is symbolic of the praise and God always has goodness and victory in mind through minding your pain and suffering. Huh? No matter what you're going through this afternoon in the heart, no matter what your marriage is going through, no matter what your walk is going through, no matter what your season is going through, no matter what your ministry is going through, your calling, your purpose, I'm here to let you know God works all things together for the good. Come on, heart, put your hands together. Shake off them heavy bands and make some noise this afternoon. I didn't get to eat lunch, so bless God, I got a little bit of energy. Amen, somebody. My second sermon, but I didn't eat yet. Praise God. Mistakes and setbacks can be an issue. Huh? Mistakes and setbacks. How, how many people ever made a mistake? Huh? 
Mistakes happen in the house of the Lord. Setbacks, seemingly setbacks happen in the house of the Lord. But listen to me this afternoon. Don't let the devil discourage you. Huh? Don't let the devil discourage you. Get up and praise him anyway. I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. I'm going to see my family saved before I die. Huh? Don't let your mistakes, don't let your setbacks, don't let the devil discourage you this morning or this afternoon. Listen to me. Despite what we know about God, sometimes we keep him in a human box. Huh? Despite what we know about him, he's all powerful. He's all sovereign. He, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. But despite what we know about God, sometimes we find a way to keep him in a box. Huh? In other words, we lower a supernatural God who can't do anything to a natural way of thinking which is limited. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't put God in a box. Tell your neighbor, let God out. Huh? He wants to come out in your situation. He wants to come out in your marriage. He wants to come out in your walk. Listen, God wants to be God this afternoon. And how many know that's all right? You see, Palm Sunday this afternoon represents courage. Grace and forgiveness. Courage, grace, and forgiveness. As we put our faith and trust in God, he is still God and well able to do the miracle we need. i say it again. He is still God and well able to give you the miracle you need. I like to tell my church, God wants to give you a miracle you can't afford. Hello, somebody. Huh? He wants to bless you. Money can't buy it. People can't give it. This world ain't got it. I said, God wants to give you a miracle you can't afford. See, who is Jesus for you this afternoon? Who is he? Is he someone whom you want to satisfy your selfish wants and goals? Is he someone you want to satisfy your selfish wants and goals? Or is he Lord and master who gave up his life to save us from our sins? Sometimes we just want God to do everything for us. God, bless me. God, take care of me. God, do this. God, do that. God, do that. Listen, can he just be the savior of our sin? Can he just be the forgiver, the lover of our soul? Who is God to you this morning? See, the God who forgave you of all your sins, who is worthy of all our praise, or is he just a God to meet our need when we need him? You see, this afternoon, is he Lord and master only in the good times or is he Lord and master all of the time? 
Think about that this afternoon. Who is God to us? Now, what can we learn from Palm Sunday? What can we learn this morning, this afternoon? Number one, if you're taking notes, somebody say, well, somebody say, well, well, well. Mm-hmm. Say, I feel it. Come on. Brother Greg, stir me up. Greg just looks like that. I met somebody. He's really like me, African-American. I'm just saying. Tell your neighbor, feel me. Number one, courage. Tell your neighbor, you got courage? In other words, don't be afraid. The first lesson I see here from Palm Sunday is courage. Why? Because Christ coming into Jerusalem was remarkable. And it shows that he was not afraid of the power and malice of his enemies. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to take place. He knew who was going to hate on him, who was going to change on him, and he knew exactly who his enemies were. But he still had courage. Tell your neighbor, you got courage? See, listen, heart of the bay, we can't be afraid of the enemy and what he will throw at us. huh? Some of you, the enemy's throwing stuff at you. He's putting obstacles in your way. He's coming against you. But you can't be afraid. We must be willing, listen, to do the will of God regardless of our enemy. Regardless of our enemy. They came against Christ. They're going to come against you and I. You got to have courage. You got to have courage in times of challenging. You got to have courage in times of pain. You got to have courage in times of suffering. Listen to me this afternoon. When we choose to move forward and have courage, you know what happens? It encourages others. It encourages others. I told my church this morning, I get blessed and encouraged when I see them standing at their post. I get blessed and encouraged when my leadership is there, when my congregation's there, when my married couples are there, when my ushers, my greeter, my children's work, my worship team. Every time I see them, I get encouraged. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's important that you're here today. You see, you can't let challenges, pain and suffering, trials and sickness discourage you from moving forward. You have to have courage. You see, the disciples were full of fear at this time. They were full of fear. They were about to lose their savior, their king, their leader. They they were a little discouraged. But as they seen God move forward, they began to be encouraged. They were afraid of the unknown. They They weren't sure what was going to happen. 
Many times it's the unknown thing. It's the thing that we're not sure of that brings discouragement to our life. I come to encourage you, Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. Have courage. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Continue to move forward this Palm Sunday. See, Jesus didn't allow suffering to discourage him from moving forward in God's plan. And neither should we. Sometimes we have to endure suffering, church. Sometimes we have to endure difficulty, church. But it's okay. Because why? God works all things together for the good. God has goodness and victory right around the corner. Can somebody say amen? Another thing I notice here, not only did God have courage, but he also practiced humility. And he also practiced some humiliation enduring, if you will. He humbled himself. He could have called the angels. He could have stopped the march. He could have did anything. He was God. But what did he do? He modeled humility. He modeled humbling himself that God the Father's will would be glorified. I come to let you know in the heart of the bay, it's not always about winning the argument. Come on, married couples. Well, huh? It's not always about winning the argument. It's not always about remaining on top. It's not always about proving who's right. Sometimes some good old-fashioned humility is the Christ-like thing to do. Are you hearing me today? The second thing I see, the second thing I see is not only did, can we learn from Palm Sunday to have courage, but also we learn about grace. We learn about grace in a different way here. I'm talking about grace, secondly, to break the bondage and set the captive free. You see, in verse 2, it says, he said to them, go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a young donkey tied there. No one has ever sat on it. Untie it and bring it. Verse 3 says, if anyone asks you what you are doing, say that the Lord needs it. That person will send it here at once. This is interesting where he says no one has ever sat on it. In other words, the donkey has never been broken. Thank you, sir. It's, he's never been broken. No one's been on it before. He's never been unloosed. In other words, the, the donkey has never been broken and untied. Just like you and I. The bondage in our life. Come on, somebody. The bondage that we were tied to has never been broken, huh? Till one day, Jesus Christ came and sat on your life, sat on my life, broke the bondage, untied our life, and set us free. Come on, that's good news today. Jesus Christ broke it for the first time in our life. That's amazing grace, huh? We were tied up, stuck in sin, tied up in loss, 
huh? Some of us didn't see no way out. But the grace of God came alongside our life and broke the bondage. Jesus broke it and he untied it and it was set free. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. He said, say that the Lord needs it. This is interesting because right here, Jesus declares his lordship. Jesus is Lord above all. He alone can set us free and set the sinner free. He says, listen, if they tell you who is asking for this donkey, tell them the Lord needs it. This is symbolic of God needing you and God needing me so that his work can be accomplished. God wants to use you today, this afternoon, next week, tomorrow. He wants to use us for his honor and his glory. To do what? To tell someone about his grace. Huh? To tell somebody that they could be free. And that's where we find forgiveness, our third point. Forgiveness for those that are in the streets. I know drama ramas coming up next month or in June. We're excited in Antioch to bring Bay Life to Hayward. Amen, somebody. We had our first practice last Thursday and it went well. Praise God. I was encouraged. And so we're looking forward to coming and performing it here for the honor and glory of God and to win souls. Amen. Amen. Forgiveness for those in the streets. Huh? We need courage to move forward. We need grace to understand bondage has been broken in our life. And we need to offer forgiveness for those that are in the streets. I know this church is an evangelistic church. And I know this church has been in the streets, will continue to be in the streets, will always be in the streets. The disciples in verse 4 of Mark chapter 11 says the disciples found the young donkey where? In the street. It was tied to the door of a house. As they were untying it, some men standing there asked them, why are you untying that donkey? The disciples answered them as Jesus had told them. So the men let them go. The disciples found the donkey in the streets. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's up, donkey? I was going to go King James Version, but I was, I was taught better in the heart of the bay. Amen. Mom would not go for that. Stevon might get away with it. I ain't going to get away. I ain't going to try. Amen, somebody. So, nah, let me stay. Stay right here behind the pulpit. Amen. Where it's safe. Found the donkey in the street. Found the donkey in the street. He was bound. He was tied up. He was locked up. He was there tied up. The donkey was in the street. You see, God wants us in the streets. How many could say amen? God wants us letting people know about what? His forgiveness. His forgiveness. 
Huh? You see, people are tied up in sin and they need to be untied. And we are the ones God is calling to untie them. What's interesting is a lot of people probably walk by the donkey all day long and no one told them nothing. Huh? He was tied up. He was stuck. But Jesus found a purpose. What I'm saying is, listen, somebody has to tell people that they are forgiven. We have the message of hope. We have the message of forgiveness. A lot of people don't know that. You might be here this morning visiting. You need to know God forgives you. There's forgiveness in the house of the Lord. And God wants to make your slate clean this morning. See, people will ask you, why are you preaching to them? Why are you in the streets talking to the gang member, talking to the drug addict, talking to the homeless, talking to these Why are you even talking to them? They question it. What do you want with this donkey? Why are you out here in the street? People will question you at times, but I want you to know, my friend, know that you're on a mission for God to offer people forgiveness. Huh? That's why I'm talking to them. Because why? No one else is. No one else is. For the most part, Victory Outreach International we're known at reaching the worst of the worst and being the most effective in the inner city. Why? Because we talk to the ones and work with most of them that no one else does. Oh, sure, they feed the homeless. They clothe them. They do different social needs and they meet needs, and that's really good. That's fine. I mean, some of our homes benefit from that. But they don't work with them the way we work with them. They don't raise them up to be pastors and leaders. Come on, somebody. And ministry department heads. Come on, somebody. But we do. We reach them, train them, and send them out again. How many can say amen? See, they've been tied up. They've been wrapped up in the streets for a long time. And no one has set them free. No one has took the time to go out and believe in them. That's what we're called to do. Me and you, we're called to be a witness. We're called to let people know God forgives them. The disciples answered them as Jesus had told them. How else would you answer? Amen, somebody. The Lord wants you. See, God wants you to break. He wants us to break people free. And he wants to use us to do it. We got to be the ones to go out and set them free. We can't sit on this message. We can't sit on forgiveness. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's for them that are out there. And it's important that we begin to go let them know. Amen? I'm going to ask the musicians to go ahead and come, make their way at this time. Hallelujah. Courage to move forward. Despite what we go through, courage that will encourage someone else. So important. Grace given to us so we could give it to someone else. Forgiveness that not a lot of people are hearing about. We need to let them know. Lessons from Palm Sunday here this afternoon. We want to be able to tell people. 
We want to be able to let them know when the world asks, what are you doing? I'm doing what God has called me to do. I'm telling people about his forgiveness. I want you to stand with me here this afternoon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Jesus gave his best in conclusion. He gave his best. He gave his all. There's some things here that I want to close with that I want us to consider. you about your courage courage see I believe this that real courage doesn't give up real courage goes all the way I've been serving God not that long but 23 years I've been married not that long, but 21 years. I've been a licensed minister with Victory Outreach International not that long, but 18 years. Courage. Has it been easy? Have you felt like giving up? Have you been through some battles? Have you made mistakes? Courage. Gotta have courage. Gotta have courage. Some people are called to be in the ministry. All of us, in fact. We are, we, I like to say we're a gift package. Each and every one of us are a gift package. There's a gift inside of us. We're gifted to be used by God. But some are discouraged, so they're not being used. Some have made mistakes, have went through trials, have, have, you know, did things maybe that they're not proud of, maybe even ashamed of, so they're discouraged, so they're not being used. Come to encourage you today. From Palm Sunday, don't let your mistakes keep you down. Don't let your mistakes cause you to drop your palms. Don't let your discouragements and things that happen in your life cause you to stop praising God. No, you pick up your palm. You keep praising Him. You keep pressing in. You keep having courage because God still wants to use your life. Courage. Don't you dare give up on your calling. Don't you dare sit on your purpose. Get up, rise up, and praise God. Come on, praise God. Courage. Courage. Sin will stop you from praising. Mistakes will try to stop you. These people will say stuff. The devil will lie to you. But I'm here to let you know. Victory outreach, hard to pay. Stand up. Praise God. Lift your hand. Don't put down your palm. Don't put down your palm. 
don't you dare put it down. You need to have courage today to keep serving, keep teaching, keep witnessing, keep praising. Listen, when the worship leader says, lift your hands, you better lift your hands. When the worship leader says, say it out loud, you better say it out loud. You might not feel it. You might not be thinking it. But I guarantee you, you be obedient. You have courage. Lift your hand. Lift your voice. And God will strengthen you. Courage. Jesus didn't let it stop him. Jesus didn't let it stop him. Listen, we got Jesus inside of us. His grace untied us so that we could untie others. Don't walk by that donkey and not say nothing. You tell him, listen, man. God forgives you. God loves you. And God wants to sit on you. Come on, somebody. God wants to sit on you and use you. God wants to break the bondage from your life. God, your best. Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. Give God your best. The Bible says there in verses 7 through 10 that Jesus came in on the donkey and prior to him coming in, the disciples threw their jackets on him. And the people start throwing their jackets in the road along with the branches. Someone's trying to move on me. Come on, somebody. Watch it, AJ. <laughs> Never know. Jesus, they threw the jackets. Bam. Through the jacket. You know what the jacket's symbolic of? Total submission. are working with their jacket. You take your jacket out for your lady. Come on, somebody. Submission. They were saying, we submit to you. We give it all to you. You are king. You are Lord. You are Hosanna on the highest. Take my jacket. Some of you need to give up your jacket today. You need to give your jacket to God. Submit to him. That's what he's waiting for. Would you give me your life? Would you give me your heart? Would you, would you make me your king and make me your Lord? Would you say, Hosanna on the high? Would you give me your jacket? Submit to him. Humble yourself so he could raise you up out of that mess, out of that sin, out of that struggle, out of that life, submit to him. They threw the branches, symbolic of praising him, symbolic of saying you are king of kings and lord of lords, you're the great I am. They made him king. It's not good enough to believe alone 
Everybody says they believe. Right? Everybody in the heart believes in God. Come on, somebody. But I got a question for them. Do you follow God? Are you committed to God? Does your belief give birth to obedience and dedication and loyalty? They praised them and they made him their king and their Lord. And that's what we got to do this afternoon on Palm Sunday. Throw the jacket, pick up the praise, and believe and make him Lord. They said, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. You know what they were saying? You're the God of salvation. You're the God of salvation. You heard of salvation and you heard of sanctification, being saved every day, right? Paul Torres taught you that, right? Is he the God of salvation still? Is he more working in your heart, working in your life? Is he coming through and still being that savior in your life? Hosanna in the highest. Let's sing that song.